parts this morning's message, and then I'm going to finish it up tonight and uh, carry it on because there's so much here. Um, we're going to look this morning at our inheritance, and, and then also we're going to look this tonight, Lord willing, at, at the proof of this inheritance, okay? And, uh, and so be back tonight, uh, 6 o'clock. The weather's beautiful. Looks like springtime. I love it. If you got a chance to go by the property, I was able to get the, the posts in the frames in the ground for our signs that have to be up. Lord willing, I guess tomorrow, maybe I'll go back and uh, put the actual signs are back here. We need to get those, uh, I'll get those, Lord willing, put up. And uh, we'll have one sign on Crimson and one sign on Highway 14. And uh, we're just moving right along. We'll, I'll talk about that tonight. I don't need to talk about that today. So anyway, um, so I meant to, because I saw the weather was good. That's what, see how my brain is so weird. And I was just thinking, oh, it's warm. Oh, this. So, you know, anyway. So Ephesians chapter one. Anybody, hey, has anybody ever gotten an inheritance? Anybody ever inherited stuff? Okay. Anybody? Uh, yeah. What'd you get? Oh, never mind. <laughs> anybody else get an inheritance? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody looking forward to an inheritance? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you know a good one coming up. And uh, there was a man by the name of Tony Chan. He was over in China. And uh, there's this thing called, as far as I know how to pronounce it, Feng Shui, Feng Shui, Feng Shui, something like that. It's Chinese, F-E-N-G-S-H-U-I. So if you know how to pronounce it, that's great. And what it is, is it 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 is the act or the the process of arranging objects, arranging furniture, decorations, even buildings, okay, to balance out what they call, and you, many have heard this, yin and yang, of course, okay, um, to try to create positive, positive uh, chi. Yeah. How many know what that is? How many don't care? But it does have, there's something here, okay? They say there's... Um, but they say there's a benefit to the Chinese too. There's a benefit to this. There's health benefits, prosperity, good luck, and all these funny things and fun things they try to, uh, they try to say. But this is what I'm getting at. This guy, Tony Chen, was a master, uh, a, feng, a Feng Shui master, okay? And uh, he had this client by the name of Nina Wang. Might have been Nina or Nina. I have a cousin, Nina, yeah, but not Wang. Uh, this, this, this woman here, Nina Wang, she um, was a billionaire, and she had sought out Tony Chan for the key to eternal life. She had been diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. She wrote, rewrote her will from her family and left everything to Tony. He, wait, hold on, Tony got her inheritance, all right? The family, she took it from the family and gave it to Tony, and so she could have, she gave up her billions for eternal life. Well, she only got three years out of that eternal life because she died, and three years later, she died, and Tony 
got the billions of dollars. Probably one of the greatest and uh, craziest inheritances somebody has ever got. And needless to say, Nina's family was pretty upset about this when they realized that the billion dollars that was supposed to go to them went to this guy, Tony, and she didn't even get uh, eternal life. So, yeah. But hey, who doesn't like the thoughts of an inheritance? Who doesn't like the thought of some long lost aunt, some long lost uncle, a lawyer calling you on the phone one day and say, hey, do you know so-and-so? And you say, that sounds familiar, right? Well, we need to meet and we need to go over the will. And you're like, hey, it's, yeah, it's really sounding clear now. I remember her, him. And, uh, and so you go into the office and they, un- un- uh, they begin to read the will and they slide over an envelope and uh, in that envelope is, you know, 50 bucks, whatever, million dollars. I mean, I mean, it's just, we all liked it. We would love to be one of those people that got a great inheritance. And you know, the Bible even speaks very favorably about inheritances. Proverbs 13, 22, the Bible says a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. The Bible says here that a good man sets aside for his children and grandchildren. And it's also showing here that a good God sets aside for his children as well. Do you know God has set aside for us an inheritance? We're going to look at that today. The great thing that we're going to see today is not only that we have an inheritance, but we are going to have an inheritance unlike the family of Nina. We have an inheritance that will never be taken away from us. It'll never be revoked. Amen. It'll never be given to somebody else. It is ours. So if you look at Ephesians chapter one, let me give you the outline real quick again. If you haven't written this down or you don't have it memorized yet, and, or however you do that, uh, let me give you this. First of all, we notice in Ephesians 1, our position, our position is in Christ. Number two, our purpose is adopted. We were adopted in the family so that we have authority to reign in God's kingdom. So we have adoption, uh, our purpose. Number three, our purchase, redemption. God redeemed us back to himself. How? By the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We looked at that a few weeks back. We noticed also our paternity. We are identified with Christ. We are children of God. We are priests and kings unto God. We have a great place in the family. We have the test of paternity. And today I want to look at this morning promise. Promise. An inheritance that God has for us. And if you notice in, 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 in chapter, three, or chapter 1 and verse 3, Look what he says here. Look at verse 3. Blessed be the God of our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all, A-L-L, all spiritual blessings. Listen, if there are any spiritual blessings, all of them are ours. You could go through the Bible and maybe spend the rest of your life uh, chronicling and writing down and labeling all of the spiritual blessings that God has for us. And can I tell you, if you spent the rest of your life writing them down in some form, you could come to this conclusion. They're all mine. They're all mine in Jesus Christ. Amen. That is a truth. They are all mine. He who has given us all, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. I want you to notice the three areas, the three bases of, of blessings, of spiritual blessings in our text. Would you look at verse 7? 
in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. So where are the spiritual blessings, right? They are in heaven. Okay. And in, in down, down here, they're in heaven and they are in Jesus Christ. You see that who blesses with all spiritual blessings back up to verse three in heavenly places in Christ. I forgot to read the rest of that verse. I got all excited about all spiritual blessings. They're in heavenly places. They're spiritual. They're in Christ Jesus. We talked about that, about being in Christ. So again, look at verse seven, in whom we have redemption, in whom we have redemption. That's one of the lines of spiritual blessing. Number two, look at verse 11, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. So we have redemption. We have inheritance. Look at verse 13. In whom ye also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance. So there are three areas of spiritual blessing. Redemption, inheritance, and then the word I use is earnest. It's here in the Bible. He is the earnest. He's the down payment. We'll look at that, Lord willing, tonight about the earnest of our salvation. There is one location for these blessings. I already stated it, but it's also enumerated in each one of these verses. In verse 3, look at this, in Christ. Look at verse 7, in whom. Who is whom speaking of? Jesus Christ. In whom redemption is in Christ. Verse 11, look how it starts again. In whom in Christ is what? Inheritance. Look at verse 13. In whom uh, you also trusted and that you heard the word of your truth. Where is the earnest of our salvation? Where is that found? Where's the down payment? In Christ. In Christ. So we have spiritual blessings. We have spiritual blessings. They're found in one place. They're all ours. They're all available to us. And they're only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I gave this illustration a couple weeks ago, I believe it was. <clears throat> and try to get the, get your mind's eye on this. It might not be as, uh, I mean, as clear as our eye, but you can think of it as your, uh, on your own. But could you imagine those of you who have uh, grandkids or something, they're all, all at the house playing. They're outside running around like uh, crazy maniacs in the backyard. It's a little bit chilly and uh uh, grandma comes out and the back uh, door opens it up and she says, hey, there's hot chocolate in the house if you want it. Right. <clears throat> and all who want hot chocolate, where do they go? In the house. In the house. You know what? There may be some that don't come in the house. They say, can we have it out here? No. <clears throat> it's in the house. Can, can, we, can we have it in the garage? No, it's in the house. Come in the kitchen. You're going to sit at the table and drink it at the, at the kitchen table. What, what, is, what, is, what is going on here? The location is where the blessing is. And the blessing in Ephesians, the spiritual blessings that we have are in Christ Jesus. And watch, whosoever will, the call goes out into all the world, whosoever will may come. Whoever wants to come into Christ Jesus, he says, all that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. It's available to all. In 1 John 2, 2, the Bible says he's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but for also for the sins of the whole world. The Bible says, I believe, I, I would have to look it up again, but it talks about the redemption that we have and the, to, to God's people. And it says, uh, especially to those that are saved. What is he saying? It's available to everybody. 
Don't let the Calvinists mess you up. Don't let Reformed theology lie to you and mess you up. It is available to whosoever will may come. It's in Christ Jesus. But if you notice here in verse 13, there's one way to get in Christ. Now, our house has way too many doors. We used to joke about how many doors were at the old church building. I mean, there's like, there was what, seven doors in and out of that one building? I mean, if you had to get out, you could get out pretty quick, right? And if somebody wanted to get in, they could get in really all, they had a lot of choices. And it seemed kind of funny at times to have so many doors. And I told uh, Sherry a while back, I said, do you realize how many doors? We used to kind of joke about how many doors are in the church. Do you realize we got like five entrances into this house? We have uh, in the laundry room, there's a, a, a patio door. In the dining room, there's a patio door. In our bedroom, there's a patio door because they're big and glass. You know, you can see out of them, you know. And then you have the garage door. And then, of course, you got a front door. It's like, good night alive. This is great. We got a lot of entrances in this place. I told you, remember me telling you about that Mormon? That Mormon man over here, I was witnessing to him on visitation one day. And he said, I just kind of believe there's like, like there's all sorts of roads to Springfield. There's all sorts of roads to God. And I said, you know, that'd be wonderful if that's what the Bible said. But it's not what it says. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. You know what the world doesn't like about Christianity? It's exclusivity. We say there's no other way to God but through Jesus Christ. Why do we say that? The only reason we say that is because the Word of God says it. If it said something else, I'd say that. But it's not what it says. If it says it was Joe Smith, I'd go out preaching Joe Smith. If it said it was, uh, you know, uh, Mary Baker, Glover, Patterson, Eddie, I'd go out and preach her. Or, or, or White, or Ellen G. White, or anybody. It's not what it says. It says Jesus Christ, and that's what we preach. We preach Christ. And there's only one way to get in to Christ. <clears throat> Look at verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. You notice, first of all, what you need to do to get in, in Christ? You need to hear the word of truth. You've got to hear the word of God. Listen, friend, if people are going to come to Christ, they've got to hear the word of God. The Bible says in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. If anybody is ever going to come to Jesus Christ, they've got to hear the word of God. They've got to be, it's got to be preached. They've got to get a tract. They've got to get something into their hands. They've got to read. I remember visitation one, one time out at the, over where the Davidsons live in that neighborhood over there. I got to this house and I, it was a Buddhist home. I didn't know there were many of, like that around Southwest Missouri. And I was kind of discouraged because I, I, I made this statement. I said, you know, of the 300 million gods that you worship, have any, any of them offered to take away sin? I mean, you have, have anybody, and they, the woman was like, oh, yes, 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 all of them, all of them. And I'm like, okay, this is going nowhere. And I left the tract, and I, I walked down the road, and, and I, I was a little bit discouraged, and it's like the Holy Spirit just reminded me, the Word of God is in that Buddhist home right now. 
And the seed has all of the power in and of itself with the work of the Holy Spirit of God to bring forth fruit. Do you know it's entirely possible? I've never seen them since. It's entirely possible to see them in heaven someday. Why? Because they had the word of God and they can believe the word of God. Listen, they've got to have the word of God and be introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ before they can believe. Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Mark 16, 15. Jesus said unto them, go into all the world, world in what? Preach the gospel. What are you doing? You're getting to them the word of God. You're giving them what God says. So you've got to hear the word to get in Christ. trying to think how to say this. If the salvation of Nixa was solely dependent on Crimson Avenue Baptist Church, how much of the Word of God would they get out of us? It's a fair question, amen? Friend, why are we here? (laughs) I mean, we're, we're not just here to come to services, Right? We've been given a position, adoption. We're in the kingdom of God with authority to carry out the will of our Father, which is what? To seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. If it's all dependent upon us and Nixa, I wonder how many would get the word. Yeah. I'm so thankful for, for all of you that take tracts and pass out tracts and give praise the Lord for that. But may God put it upon our heart this year to do more. Do more. You know, there's people that I just saw the other day, some, somebody, I forget the whole scenario of it, but some off-duty somebody or some football player or something rescued somebody out of a burning house or something like that. I'd have to go back and look up the whole. But listen, if the house was on fire and there was five people in it and three or four were out, people would risk their life to get just one more, just one more, just one more. Why? Because they're going to die in the flames. They're going to die in the fire. May God help us this year. To have a desire and a burning drive to get just one more. Just think about it. Just one more. Don't, don't worry about 20,000. Uh, don't worry about 30,000. Don't worry. One, just one more. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to get them, they've got to hear the Word of God. We've got to get them the Word of God. Notice this, number two, they've got to believe the Word. You see this? In whom you, after you trusted, after you heard the Word of truth, the gospel of salvation, in whom also after that ye believe. You've got to believe, you've got to hear the word of God, and then you've got to believe the word of God. Acts 16, 31, they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. John 1, 12, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that what? Believe on his name. Amen. James 2, 19, thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. Friend, the devils believe also and tremble. You've got to believe the word. You've got to hear the word. You've got to believe the word. You've got to trust. Did you see that? In whom ye also trusted. Who's, who's the whom of in whom? It's Jesus Christ. In whom ye trusted. What does trust mean? It means to place confidence in. To rely upon. Yeah. There's, do, you, do you realize everybody in this room has all sorts of things in this life that we rely upon? That we trust in, yeah. Some some people uh, um, uh, trust in banks. Some people trust in credit cards. Some people uh, trust in Fords, and then others uh, trust in Chevrolets. 
misplaced. You know, hey, we all have times when we misplace trust. Absolutely. You know, it just happens. It happens. Yeah. Some people put their trust in a Tesla that they're going to save the world. And then it burns up in the garage. And they weren't even in it, right? And don't get me wrong, I think Teslas are pretty cool. But I'm just saying, we put trust in all sorts of stuff, friend. All sorts of things. Some put trust in baptism. Some put trust in their works. Some rely upon all of the good they did. I mean, listen, that was one of the the hurdles in my life of coming to Jesus Christ was I kept saying, but I do this and I do that. And how how could you do this and not be in in this and that? It was, I was relying upon all of these things as evidence, tokens, evidences of my salvation, all the while the Holy Spirit of God is still drawing, saying no. You know what it all changed? when I turned to God and said, yes, I don't get it, but I believe you. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you. What did you, you relied upon, you know, so many people put their wrong placement of trust. They put their trust in, in wrong areas. John 5, 45, do not think that I will accuse you to the father. There is one that accuseth you, even Moses in whom you trust. God, Jesus tell, was telling the Pharisees, you know where their trust was? Moses and the prophets and Abraham, our father, Abraham. You know what Jesus said to him? Well, if your father was Abraham, you'd rejoice to see my day just like he did. <laughs> Obviously, that is misplaced trust. Second Corinthians 1, 9, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. I'll tell you what, how many have ever put uh, their trust in self? And it took about three minutes to figure out, boy, that wasn't a good place to put trust. How many know you can't trust yourself? <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know how you, you know when you become an adult? <clears throat> when the parameters that your parents put around you, you will go ahead and put them around yourself. Because you can't trust yourself. You can't trust your flesh. Boy, that is a, that is a dead end road. First Timothy 6, 17, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but... In the living God, which giveth all, giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Some people trust their riches. Some people trust their religion. Some people trust in yourself. You know what our text here says? That our trust is, our reliance upon is Jesus Christ. <clears throat> it's Jesus Christ. You say, I know this. I, I don't know who's listening online. Maybe they don't know this. You know, how, how many remember everything they've ever been taught? How many remember every meal that you've ever eaten in your life and yet you go back and you'll eat it again? Why do you know? It's like, well, I've had like 6,000 hamburgers from, uh, not really, from, from Brahms. And wouldn't you know, by gump, you'll go get another one. Yep, tastes like the last one. Yep. There's some places where you need to put your trust. One place. You put, listen, you put your trust here and it takes care of everything else. It takes care of everything else. Well, you put your trust in Christ and it doesn't matter if you can't put your trust in anything else. Christ will take care of all. You say, boy, I don't really trust that airplane, but I trust Christ. If he wants me to live, I'll live. If it's time to go, I'll go. My trust is in Jesus, right? Psalm 31.1, David said, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. David said, In thee, O Lord, I put 
my trust. I, I lean upon you. I trust upon you. I rely upon you. I'm looking to you and you alone, not Jesus plus, not really, you know, not Jesus plus religion, plus this, plus that, plus this. No, Jesus only in thee do I put my trust. Romans 15, 12. And again, Isaiah saith, there shall be a root of Jesse and he that shall rise to reign over the Gentiles in him shall the Gentiles trust. There is a prophecy here by Isaiah that, that this, this Messiah, the birth that we just celebrated, this Messiah that is coming, the Gentiles are going to rely upon him. It's sad that much of the religious crowd of Israel didn't rely upon him. They relied upon their religion and upon their self and all of their outward. Uh, but there were those that did rely on Jesus. That first church at Jerusalem probably had about 14,000 members. Oh, there was a lot of Jews that came to Jesus. Amen. And, uh, but they, listen, in the Gentiles, in him shall the Gentiles trust. Jew or Greek, Paul said, bond or free. Yeah, we all, listen, it is Jesus Christ alone. First Timothy six seventeen. charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. I just read this, but listen to this again. But in the living God, that's where our trust goes. You know what? You put your trust there. It says, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. You know why you can't enjoy some things? Because your trust is in them. If you're, what does it say? If your trust was in God, you'd actually find enjoyment out of the things that you're trying to, that you're putting your trust in. Yeah. Think about that today. You know what the difference is between the devil's believing and a born-again child of God believing is? The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. Amen? They believe. Yeah. You know what the difference is? Trust. Watch, they believe, but they don't trust. They believe, but they don't rely upon. They believe, but they're not looking to. They just believe. Oh, it causes them to tremble. I'm telling you, we should learn a lesson from some of the devils. So many of us come in the presence of God and there's no trembling. There's no sense of awe. There's no sense of His holiness. There's no sense of His righteousness. You look at Revelation and the description of the Lord Jesus Christ in Revelation. And John fell on his face as it were dead. He couldn't even stand the sight of Jesus. The devils do as well. Yeah, it would be good for us to understand that. But the difference is they don't trust Him. Hebrews 4.2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them. Why? It was not mixed with faith in them that heard it. They didn't believe it. They didn't trust it. They didn't rely upon it. Are you in Christ this morning? Amen. Psalm 87, the psalmist David said this, In all my springs... Are in thee. What a beautiful verse. Print that out and put it on your wall somewhere. Psalm 87 7. All my springs are in thee. David said, You are the source of everything of my life. And can I tell you, that water out of that spring will never be polluted, it'll never run dry, it'll never go away. What a great place to put it. David put his trust in God. He said, Who's the source of everything. In Christ, in Jesus Christ, is the blessing of redemption. But there's something else here. 
Secondly, and I only have two points today. You like that? Two points. Number two, the blessings of the inheritance. The blessing of the inheritance. Look at verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his will. Have you heard the word of God? Have you believed the word of God? Have you trusted the word of God? Not just believed, oh yeah, I, I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus came. I believe Jesus, you know, walked the earth. I believe, yeah, but do you trust him? For those of you who have put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have an inheritance. You, you know what, you know what it's, you know, you know what here we have, it's, it just gets better and better. We get all things in Christ. He, he, all of our springs are in him. And then we have an inheritance on top of it. It just gets better and better and better and better. In whom? In Christ. Turn to 1 Peter, would you please? 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter chapter 1. Second. Sorry. Where am I going? Oh, let's, yeah. Verse 1. Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Hold on a minute. Notice this next line, through the sanctification of the Spirit. I didn't mean to get on this, but we were talking about election. We're talking about predestination. Elect, he's talking to the elect, according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Oh, see, God did predetermined who is going to get saved. No, through the sanctification of the Spirit. What is sanctification? The setting aside. Listen, who does the Spirit of God draw? Everyone. He draws all. Jesus is that light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. So uh, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you in peace, be multiplied. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Look at this, verse 4. To and an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away reserved where in heaven for you we have in in an inheritance uh, uh, right now in Jesus Christ you realize the uh, although we won't we don't come to the place of living in real in, in realization of that inheritance we have it now the inheritance is ours. It's just as legal as somebody who wrote a will, uh, you know, a hundred years ago and named the family in it and you're in it today. It's just as effective. It's just as legal as that, as, as, as this is right here. We have an inheritance right now if we're in Christ. Hebrews 9, 15, and for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgression that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. There it is again, an eternal 
inheritance. Colossians 3, 22 through 24, servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. In whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing, here it is, that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the Lord Christ. Ye shall receive. That's a future tense, but it's presently it's presently legal tender. Listen to Luke ten twenty five. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempting him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? There's that eternality again, eternal life. Matthew nineteen twenty nine. And everyone that hath forsaken houses and brothers or sisters and fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit eternal or everlasting life. So what's our inheritance? It's everlasting life. <laughs> Just actually, it makes total sense. If you are in Christ, who is eternal, who is life, yeah, it's just natural. See, watch, God has promised us two aspects of himself that really encompass everything else that he is. He's promised us life and eternality. And God's life is eternal. No beginning, no end. Hold on, listen. The moment you get in Christ, the life that you have is no beginning and no end. Yeah. We're gonna, I don't want to get too far into this because we're going to get into this in the, the earnest, the down payment of our inheritance tonight. But I just want to stop here and say we have the, the, the inheritance that God has prepared for us, that he has predetermined, for, for, predestined before time began, right? Go back, go back to our text. I'm going to sh- let me show you this. Before I, get, I don't want to miss this. Ephesians 1, look at, look at it again in verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined, predestinated, sorry, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. You notice this here, salvation is not what is predestinated here. It's the inheritance that is predestinated. (laughs) Well, how do you get the inheritance? Well, you get saved. When you get saved and in Christ, well, you have the inheritance. What What did God predetermine before time began? What our inheritance would be. Well, so wouldn't that mean he predetermined you would be in Christ? No, he just predetermined any who would be in Christ that we're all going to get the same thing. We all have one inheritance. That's a pretty big inheritance when you think about it. Yeah, listen, it never runs out. It never never runs dry. It never is like, oh, sorry, too late. They have eternal life, but we just ran out. How do you run out of eternal life? Isn't that a great inheritance? You can't let, let your brain think on that today, would you? See, before God created one molecule of the universe, he determined that all who believe the gospel and put their trust and faith in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, they would come into the family of God and would have eternal life waiting for them. I like this. You notice in the rest of this verse, by his own will. According to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own 
will. Here it is again. God made the decision to adopt us. God made the decision to reveal the mystery of his will. We can see that in verse 9. And God made the decision to provide for us an inheritance. Can I tell you this morning, no one helped God come to this decision? God didn't get up a council together and say, well, what, what should we give all of those that come to Christ? What should we do? You know, and Zeus said, and, you know, uh, who are some of the other ones? I mean, this Greek God said, and this Roman God came to the table. No, friend, no, they didn't. They weren't even there. I love what God said. He says, uh, what kind of gods do you have? You got to carry them around. They can't, they can't even move themselves. You gotta, what a great God. You gotta move it because it has no ability to move itself. No, listen, God can't made, his counsel was, was the counsel of his own will. He did not need help and God doesn't need help today. You know what he needs from us? He just needs our obedience. Some people try to help God. Not a good thing. You ever realize that? When you try to help God and you realize, well, I should have just obeyed and given the word and left it at that. Sometimes we mess it up, don't we? John 1, 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he made it all. God needed no convincing. Oh, come on, let's do this. Well, I was thinking we'd do this. No, 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 let's give him eternal life. No, let's do, you know, okay, let's, let's draw lots. Let's see who wins. No, he didn't do that. He didn't need that. He needed no convincing. Why? It says here, it's after his own pleasure. He wanted to. He found joy in that. Yeah. I think these things we slip over too quickly. I think some of the depth of these things we just pass right over and we don't think about them. God found pleasure yep, in, number one, giving us his son, right? Yeah. It pleased God to bruise his son. Think about that for a while. He found pleasure. He finds pleasure in mercy. It says that God delighteth in mercy. God finds pleasure in giving us an inheritance. He just likes it. Yeah. How many find joy spending millions of dollars on toys for the grandkids? I knew one would. That's why. You know, some people are just love to give. It's just, they find joy. You know what God finds joy in? Mercy and grace and, and love. Look at this. And giving us an inheritance. It was his own pleasure. It was his own purpose. He had a reason for that, why he loves us. Yeah. He loves you today. Oh, he's crazy about you. Yeah, Absolutely. His own purpose, his own plan. He came up with it all on his own. He doesn't need help. Yeah. Everything was settled before creation. There is no one in existence who could have convinced God if he, even if he needed it. It was done before creation. God even said, there is no other gods besides me. I don't know any. And I've said this time and time again. Do you think if there were another God, he would have said, uh-uh. I'm here. Nobody spoke up. You say, well, well, there's other religions. Yeah, and they're in the grave and they're dead. <laughs> yeah. Everything was settled before creation. He needed no help. He needed no aid. 
He did it after the pleasure of his own will. He did it for his own purpose. He had his own plan. God loves you. Absolutely. You know, as we uh, embark on a new year, we're going to see a lot of changes in our lives. We're going to see a lot of changes in our church. Somebody had said uh, somewhere on the internet, uh, the next time that Christmas comes around on a Sunday, it'll be 11 years. And they, we started looking at grandkids and think, okay, in 11 years, where will this one be? How old will this one be? How old will I be? You know, you start going through all these things, right? Yeah. 11 years. There's going to be a lot of changes this year, right? We're told not to boast of tomorrow. For who knows what a day may bring? For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanish, vanisheth away. Every year we face a great unknown. We really do. Who's going to be born? Who's going to pass away? Who's going to find the, 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 the dream job and who's going to lose the job? Who's going to draw closer to God? Who's going to be a Demas loving this present world, departing from the labor and the work? No, this is, there's unknowns that we have ahead of us. But in all of the uncertainty of another year, there's one thing that we can be completely 1,000 million billion quadrillion Bigger than the national debt certain of. We have a predestinated inheritance. Eternal life. Eternal life. You know, this life isn't it. This isn't all we have. It, what, what's the Bible say? Is if this is all we have, we would be in, of all men most miserable. Could you think the misery of this life, if this was it, all of the failures, all of the broken dreams, all of the broken promises, all of the things that never came to pass, all of the things, and, and then you just die? Man, that's miserable. No wonder so many are taking their, li- their own life. No wonder the suicide rates go up and up and up. The more godless this nation gets, the more God is taken out of the public realm, the more he is mocked and ridiculed and walked away from and you. And you watch the, 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 uh, the, the rates of suicide go up and up. No wonder the addictions that are out there to escape reality and escape this life. No wonder. But for us, for a child of God, as bad as this gets... It's going to be a gone one of these days. And we'll be living forever in our inheritance. In the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us. Who planned it all. Whose purpose it was. Whose pleasure it was. To redeem us back to himself. Seeing that God has so meticulously prepared for eternity. Don't you think the care of God's care of our eternity proves his care for our today? Right. What did he tell? Remember he told Peter, "Hey, you're going to have houses and lands in this life and in the next life a hundredfold." What is what is he saying? We're all going to be rich? No. He's just saying I take care of you here. If I've taken care of you there, I'm going to take care of you here. And whatever you do have here, whether it be meager or a lot, when you get over here, it's going to be a hundred times more. You're not even going to be able to comprehend it. 
People say, boy, I don't know, you get too much money, you won't like heaven. And I, nah, I'm sorry, that's kind of a really silly statement. You've really minimized heaven. If you really think, uh, you know, somebody gets a 30,000 square foot mansion and has cars all over the place and lands everywhere that, oh, boy, heaven's boring. You know, come on. Yeah. You can trust them. Today, you can trust them. I don't know what we're going to do tomorrow. You can trust them. I don't know how this is going to turn out. Trust them. What do you mean by that? Rely on him. Lean on him. Depend upon him. What, do you, what, what does that look like? Get into the word of God and just obey it. Yeah. But it's all, you know, it's just falling apart. I Trust him. I've just wasted years. Don't worry, we have eternity. God tends our past. Don't worry, I, I'll find you that very, the beautiful verse just read this week. And not only does God take care of our present or future, but He also comes behind in our past and takes care of that as well. Mm. Are you in Christ today? Do you remember the day that you came to Jesus personally? Remember that day? You believed what he said about himself. You heard, the, you heard the word of God. You heard the preaching of the gospel. Boy, the Holy Spirit of God began to draw and pull and you didn't know what was going on. Some people, some people it was just a couple hours and they were in. And some people it was, it was 10 years, 15 years. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father that loves us. That he, that he pursues us and he never stops. Sadly, there are times when he does stop. But it's never because of him. It's because of the one who pursues, who says no long enough. He lets them have their will. Do you remember that day you came to Jesus? He convinced you that he was right and you were wrong and you believed it? And you received the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah. Are you in Christ? For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. Are you in Christ today? Might be listening online. Are you in Christ? Have you been born again? If you are, you have an inheritance. Has life been bumming you out lately? Can I remind you of something? It might cheer you up for the rest of the year. The rest of your life, hopefully, we have an inheritance. And it cannot be taken away. No matter what happens in this life, if you're in Christ... Nobody's touching the inheritance. Why? It's in heaven. Who, who on this planet is going to get to it? Can you get to it? Can you, can you get to heaven and say, ah, I'll, I'll get his inheritance? <laughs> right. Not happening. It's secure. It's safe. It's in Christ. Amen. We'll look tonight how we have the proof, the proof of this assurance that we have of a secure inheritance. You can trust them today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the promise of an inheritance. This isn't the end of it all. One of these days, we are going to be birthed into eternity. And we're going to get exactly where you, want, where you have desired us to be. With you. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. We look forward to that and we comfort one another with those words. And so, Father, I don't know where people are in, 
in their life. Obviously, there's some things that we know where people are, and we all know a little bit about each other where we are. And uh, Lord, we all have things in this life that are ahead of us, the things that are behind us, things that we don't know about, and uncertainties as we move along. And Father, as we look of your meticulous preparation, not only for the life to come, but we look at it for today, our today. We just want to tell you again, and, uh, and if we're struggling, if somebody's struggling here today, we'd ask you for help in trusting you, relying upon you, leaning upon you. Would you help us? Father, if there's somebody here that's never personally come to you face-to-face, one-on-one, for the purpose of confessing their lost condition and looking unto you and relying upon you and trusting you for the gift of the Lord Jesus Christ of his own blood. Lord, would they do that today? We thank you for what you'll do in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning? The instrument will play. We have a time. You need to get alone with the Lord. Maybe you just need to ask for some help. Anybody need help trusting? Anybody looking ahead to some things coming up in their life and they just don't know what they're going to do? Would you trust them today? Maybe you're looking at things in the past kind of discourage you. Would you trust them in those as well? (laughs) They're going to be gone one of these days. And if you are in Christ, nothing, nothing can approach that inheritance that you have and take it away. Trust Him today. If you're not saved, get saved today. Come to Christ today. Good to see everybody out today and tonight. Be back tonight, 6 o'clock. We're going to be looking at a down payment, an earnest. If you ever bought a house, you know what an earnest is. and God has secured it by himself, our inheritance. And what a beautiful part of scripture that is. Looking forward to that. And so, be back tonight. Let's be dismissed in a word of prayer tonight. Brother Bob Healy, you've already prayed once, haven't you? You can pray again. Thank you, brother. Why don't you dismiss us?